jump right in. So this is Henry Latham and Rob Hamlin. This is all about the product, a bi-monthly chat and catch up, sort of general chit chat about anything and everything product. Uh, today we've got actually Austin Keeble back. We had a really nice chat back in May. Austin and Rob, just as a reminder, like I was listening through our last conversation just to pull out a couple of quotes to, to sort of kick us off today. And, you know, for everyone is aware, beginning of May, the world was ending. So just to give you a little bit of context. And a couple Who of quotes. That, thought, that would be amazing. If someone so, didn't realize that was what was happening then, like, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's, it's not going to be that bad. Or at least if you're not in the US, I suppose. But anyway, so a couple of quotes I found really interesting is like, quote, we're going through the gauntlet was uh, Austin. And then I was calling it our Everest COVID. So I thought it'd be a really interesting way to kick off talking about both persistence and also like how we have used this as, as an opportunity. Because again, another quote we had was, you know, I said this could po be possibly the worst time to launch a business, Austin countered and said, well, maybe it's going to be the best time. So I suppose how has the last four months affected, you know, your businesses? Like what, what have, what have you seen as the consequences of COVID over the medium term? It'd be Austin. Yeah, actually I'm going to kick this over to Rob because I, I did like a, a quick re-listen of our last pod and I think I took up way too much airtime. So Rob, I'm going to make sure we hear from you this time. So yeah, what, what do you think? Uh, last four months. Damn you, Austin. Damn you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, actually, I would also just say, I, I will answer the question, but I would also just say that, you know, come on, you're our guest. So it's only fair that we should hear more of you than us speaking anyway. So, um, but yeah, to answer the question, um, it's so funny because I don't have a reference point for like leap last year actually and um, I can only like my kind of reflection uh, or retrospective of kind of this last four or five months has just been insane like so God knows what it would have been like if we didn't have COVID that's all I can say um, so it's just kind of one for me it's like yeah the world is different and you know we're definitely doing you know, less in-person things. And, you know, I definitely had some clients that would have rather have done um, in-person workshops um, post kind of February, March time that didn't do that. So for me, that's kind of like the biggest, I would say the biggest difference is like, yeah, just the fact that um, the kind of the, the way in which we conduct ourselves and our business has changed. Mm. And it doesn't also kind of look like things are going to be changing anytime soon. So, um, you know, they are kind of a little bit like Henry and I, actually, we were both in the UK last week. So I, I don't know how about you, Henry, but like for me going back to the UK felt like actually it was going back about four months, uh, into yeah, Berlin. It was weird. It was weird. It was really like how weird, like the, I mean, the Brits, you got, you can't trust them. They're so behind, um, you know, but no joking aside, I can say that cause I'm a Brit. Okay. I can tell everybody's getting really angry already, but, um, but yeah, joking aside, you know, it did feel like, uh, we'd kind of stepped back a few months and yeah, it was quite, uh, yeah, yeah. It really felt scary. like it's still yeah. going on here. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I, yeah, I was walking through, uh, Manchester city center yeah. 
and um, because we just brought my daughter off to university and i i just said lisa i said i'm gonna put my mask on because it feels like i just need to put my mask on here like it whereas if i'm walking to <laughs> yes. berlin i don't uh, need to yeah. do that yeah. and it was just kind of like this gut reaction but it's so interestingly as well a little like fact for you like since beth has been at university um she actually let us know last week that one person's already contracted covid I mean, in they their are school, students so, are like, they are likely to be kind of going into another lockdown quite soon yeah, right, so. yeah. i mean you can't have university it's like manchester university it's like i don't know twenty thousand people each year yeah. Like, yeah. they're well, definitely going to hang out as well yeah. they're not like, going to stay university. in their room yeah so for me just to kind of conclude because i want to hear what you guys have to say about this as well i don't want to i don't like the sound of my own voice at the best of times but um yeah for me i just feel like uh, with regards to business like it it's um yeah it could have been different i don't know what that difference is um but i just know that um it could have been different but i'm also extremely uh, grateful for the fact of a really busy year despite everything that's happened so mm. i think on that note i will hand it hand uh, the bus throwing back to you austin <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So, um, first of all, just in case y'all were worried uh, about kind of opening up uh, process in the states, don't worry. There is going to be uh, college football this year. Um, just in case y'all are concerned about that. Uh, <laughs> so it has officially kicked off. So we're still getting college football. I mean, um, is that college football or is that college soccer? College American football. <sighs> so, are, they, are they allowing people in the stadium? Stadia. So, uh, so my team is the University of Georgia, and this is—I mean, everything's a polarizing topic this year. So it's obviously a polarizing topic over whether they should, oh, right, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, play football, you know, not play football. Should they open up the university? They're considering about keeping the university closed but playing football anyways. Which mm. people are like, oh, right. should <laughs> that be the priority? I mean, uh, priorities, and, yeah, priority. and if you ask people in the state of Georgia, they say yes, that's the proper priority <laughs> stack, um, just because they they love college football um but yeah they are letting around twenty thousand people in the stadium which sounds like a lot but uh the stadium is built for around hundred thousand people um, yeah, so yeah. Massive yeah, Rob, did you know, i don't know if you knew that like i i was amazed by this the biggest stadium in the world are college american college football ones they're all massive i think, about 100, yeah. I think out of the top 10 there's like yeah. seven are american college football stadiums yeah, yeah. and then the there's like, like maracana in brazil and yeah yeah i've been there it's Let, just a big one yeah, I mean, so there's a bunch. Football, like 50,000 would be a really big, it's like yeah. a big stadium. When the MK so, Dons built their new stadium, that was 60,000. And that's not even for like a... Like MK an Dons even, is 60,000? Yeah. yeah. What's that, League 3? Uh, yeah, no, Division 2. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, League 2. Yeah. League two. <laughs> Pretty much, so. I don't, I'm not. A I was confused. Player. So, yeah, I don't know, Austin, if you don't know this, but we have the Premier League and then there's League One, League Two, League Three, then there's the Conference, and then you get all the regional. Well, I'm a Burnley fan, so I'm familiar with Chapman. Oh, nice. How'd you pick up Burnley? That's well, really funny. <laughs> That's a long story, but um, uh, basically, uh, adopted team, one of my best mates, he's uh, from the UK, but grew up with me in the States, and he, he's from Burnley. Um, and uh, so I adopted that team. I thought it was kind of too easy just to hop on like the Man City train. Yeah, no, good uh, on you. It's a really yeah, solid, good. solid team. Um, and they were promoted defensive. when I was living in, in, the, in the UK. So I got to kind of celebrate their, their meteoric rise <laughs> yeah. to mediocrity in the Premier League. <laughs> it's really funny. I was living in Madrid that year. And my housemate was also from Burnley. I'd never met anyone from Burnley. Yeah. He, First thing, like I've never met an English person. I genuinely didn't understand some of the things he was saying. Like never, 
So you say like, what's up with your lad? It would be like, what's up with you lad? And anyway, like his, him like sitting there trying to like listen to it, like on the, on like radio on the, through the internet, just like going absolutely nuts every Saturday. So I was enjoying their, their rise from the championship as well. Turf more, mate. Anyway. Um, salt of the earth. No, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun. Anyways, but yeah, just, I wanted, I wanted to put you guys at ease. Don't worry. There is going to be American college football this year. Um, cause I know that was keeping everyone up at night. Um, but yeah, so back to the, back to the business, uh, topic. So, um, so since we last spoke, uh, I managed to, um, with, a couple of designers, so Jared based in Berlin and Katie in New York City. Um, we have uh, built a little brand, like launched a brand that we uh, were calling it Human Robot. And we put together a brand and we gave ourselves like a time box deadline because if you're a designer, uh, you'll never finish uh, when it comes to this yeah. stuff because you're never going to be happy with it. And, um, you know, I kept looking at other terrible uh kind of sales landing pages just to convince me to like just push it out there i was like there's stuff that's way worse that's out there just like get it out there it doesn't matter um yeah. it's more important to kind of get feet get something out there get feedback and so we managed to launch a brand that we're actually pretty happy with um we still need to tighten up like the copy and exactly what you know what products and services we want to focus on because we all have you know existing... say, like, what is the what's the sort of the value proposition just freelancers or so at the moment we're focusing on uh the design community so mm -hmm. helping designers um boost or reorient themselves in their design career mm -hmm. um so we have launched a couple of kind of small products to just engage with the community first mm -hmm. um so we've launched like a book club uh we're launched a open robots Figma library today where um, people can kind of reflect on their personal profile as a creative and designer and build a robot that reflects them. Um, oh, it's cool. quite cool. If you, if you check on LinkedIn, I'll post something later today. Yeah, it's like yeah, sounds cool. Little ex explainer video. So these are mainly just kind of virality features to, you know, sound the, sound the alarm to the community that we're, we're here. Um, and then later on, we're going to offer like uh, an online course, an in-person course for like career boost for designers, um, basically. Cool. And eventually we want to reach more of, um, you know, the rest of the kind of digital product community and build out similar products uh, to, you know, product managers, developers, anyone who's working with product. But we decided at first, like, let's focus on the people that we know and the people we already have access to. And, um, and yeah, start with that. So basically we've got, we're gonna do a kind of a quiz, like a personality quiz. Um, we're doing this build your own bot and alter ego. We're doing a career boost workshop um, in person next month. And then we're gonna kind of turn that into an online course uh, that people can can book. Uh, and it's a lot, It's it will be specifically geared towards designers. So, um, you know, how do you get from graduating university, for example, to your first job, including mm it's kind of a chicken and egg problem. Like how do you get a develop a portfolio before you have portfolio pieces? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, all this stuff. And uh, so that's going to be our focus for the next six months. And then hopefully we can turn those quizzes and those products into, you know, reach out to other, other people on the kind of product ecosystem. Um, 
or who knows if we're getting a ton of traction with designers and we're enjoying it, we might just, you know, stay in that space. So, mm. uh, so no timeline on that, but we're trying to launch something small every week. Like even if it's just an update of a existing product, like every Friday yeah. is our launch day and we just try to like push something out there. Um, and so that, that keeps our team honest and we're obviously balancing that with, uh, like existing kind of client work we're doing. So we still do like teaching and training. Um, but I'm trying to find the balance of kind of creating products that uh, don't require kind of a one-to-one uh, time ratio. Um, and yeah. So anyways, the revenue is still coming from, you know, my activities with previous clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're trying to carve out as much time as possible to kind of build this brand and these products and engage and, and kind of find our thousand true fans. I don't know if you yeah, read yeah. The, the Kevin Kelly article. So we're, we're trying to kind of find those thousand people. Um, and hopefully by then we have like a, a stronger kind of proposition. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Henry, I know you have a super clear proposition. It's like, I'm running this course. Um, it was fun to see your LinkedIn countdown, two spots left, one spot left. It was honest. It was honest. Yeah. No, I, I, I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to ask him if that was legit, but, uh, but, but no, yeah, well, congratulations then. Um, but, but yeah, I'd love to get to that point where we have like a flagship kind of it is yeah it's funny product and proposition but i guess we're going for audience and velocity right now yeah yeah no, no i think that makes sense i think that makes sense i mean it's like we initially i just had shit loads of calls with product people just to build early relationships and obviously try and understand like where we could add value and then you just start going more more and more focused i think with it yeah um that sounds awesome do you i mean do you feel that that has been triggered by any sort of like introspection or collective rep, I know, retrospection or introspection between you as a result of COVID or has this been something you've, you sort of wanted to do? So, so this is, uh, yeah, this is a way to tie it back to what we were saying. Um, I think the biggest thing this year is just not traveling. Like I have always wanted to like build this brand and launch this thing, but I kind of, I was always doing fine, like doing pretty good on my own, like with yeah, my existing yeah. clients and like, yeah. you know, but, but then I would have these moments where I was kind of like in 10 years, do I want to be doing this? Meaning like flying to uh, Barcelona to teach and facilitate. Mm. And maybe I think for certain projects, yes, but I also would wanted to build something where I have the option to not do that. Um, just in case, like after 10 years, the magic is, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. has gone. So, so I've always wanted to build something that was a little bit bigger than me, um, mm-hmm. but not that much bigger. Like I don't have aspirations to build a scalable tech company. It's more yeah, like, yeah. but I do want it to be bigger than me. Um, yeah. uh, and, you know, to kind of, first of all, I think that there are limits to what I can do personally and also, um, yeah, just decouple the time from like my personal time from, you know, uh, from, from the growth and everything. So I think the biggest thing with COVID has been just not traveling. Like I realized this year how disruptive traveling actually is. Mm. Like I still love doing it. I will still, once we can go back to doing it, I'll be pretty selective, but I still will fly. Like I, I had a program in Oslo, Norway that we ran online in August. And that's one that I would have loved to have been in person um 
Like I would have loved, because just the people are super cool. Like the topic's really interesting. Uh, the content lends itself, you know, I think better to be taught and engaged with in person. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the location's really cool too. And the company's awesome. So that that's something that if that came up next year and we could travel, it was actually canceled at the last minute because Norway reclassified Sweden as a red country and we, yeah. half of our attendees were going to be Swedish. So, yeah. um, so it was, uh, it was kind of a crazy last minute. Okay. Now I got to bring this online. I mean, I taught online a bunch before, so it was no problem, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, the main thing is it's given just even canceling the lease on my office and now I'm here at home. I've just been like super focused. There's no commute. There's no traveling. You know, whenever you travel, there's always a day or two when you come back where you have to like figure out where you are and like yeah, yeah, yeah. do yeah, your laundry and like yeah. I, there's just kind of this I don't know and, and so I, I feel like this has given me a chance to I mean I'm sure as you guys know whenever you start a business there's kind of that phase maybe it never ends but that like Sisyphean pushing the boulder up the hill and hoping at one point people start to help you push it or yeah. it starts rolling down the other side you know and I still feel like I'm pushing but I feel like I wouldn't have had in any other year, I would have had to like stop pushing and run and go do something. And then the ball would have rolled back down to the bottom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas now I feel like I, I've constantly got it. Yeah. I'm, that I'm is really interesting. And I think this is what, I think we touched upon this last time. Like the, the long, I see long-term, I, 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 you know, personally, I see a lot of long-term positives of the whole thing. I think one of them is that, you know, people who have been very good at distracting themselves or, you know, as you do, just living a busy life, right? You just have lots of stuff on. I think particularly in the mornings, it's created this void before like the work day, which, you know, people fill and, and you know, most people are not going to just sit and watch Netflix in the morning. So I think it creates this really cool like hour. And as you said, also back that up with the consistency, right? So like every day is the same day sort of Groundhog Day-esque uh, and good things tend to happen there. So I think it, you know, gets people to confront some of these long-term things that they've been able to distract themselves or avoid in some way, uh, which is super cool. Cause then, you know, imagine that times hundreds of millions of people, then you start having some really cool businesses or people, you know, just, they're just moving towards their goals a little bit more effectively which is, uh, you know, good for everybody, which is super cool to, to see what comes out of that. Definitely. Yeah, we, we spent about 30 seconds on like our company mission and vision. And we mm. just came up with like, uh, like a really cheesy triangle that just says, um, be helpful a little bit every day and then profit. Um, nice. <laughs> so our goal, is, we're really in that mindset, like a little bit every day, let's launch something every Friday, even if it's an update to previous that's cool. product. Yeah, that's like, cool. I like, yeah. That's because the actually, mindset. Yeah. The every Friday thing is really cool because I think, um, you, you can get caught, um, amongst the kind of the thick of it during the week. And actually this is really, this really resonates with leap at the moment because we've just been so busy. We are social media. Uh, content has suffered significantly because we have to just focus on the work that's coming in at the moment. Um, but to the point where we're just about to hire somebody to actually just do that for us now. Um, so yeah, good things, but yeah, I, I like that part of your mantra. I think that's kind of, it gives you like a, like a stake in the ground every week and a focus point mm -hmm. as well. So uh, yeah, it's really cool. And 
I, I shouted out congratulations earlier, um, but I'm going to say it again because, you know, it's no um, easy task to kind of come up with a brand because like, when you're trying to, you know, come up with something, you want it to almost be, um, you want it to be almost like really like uh, to have like to be established already like because that's obviously what makes a brand is the fact that people kind of believe in this thing and it becomes its own kind of like culture almost and to come up with something that you feel is going to try and be catchy and try and become like this movement is really super hard i love human robot i think it's a really nice catchy uh, and obviously we asked and if you're behind this it's going to be super super cool so i'm looking forward to seeing this evolve as well so but congratulations for launching that it's, it's a big a big task no, thank you. I mean, you know, it, it's so funny. I mean, we talk, we teach design and we talk about, uh, I mean, I've run branding workshops and I've done, you know, brand design and mm. helped other people launch products. But then the second you try to do it yourself, it's like so hard yeah. to follow your own advice, you know, and, yeah. and push it out there. I wish, I wish that I had like both of you guys like in my ear every day, keeping me honest, you know, um, and, and also like celebrating together. Like, I mean, thank you for taking a moment to celebrate because I think that that's also hard to do. I mean, when we launched, it was just kind of like, okay, what's the next thing, you know? And Yeah. Oh my God. Um, that is like yeah. the perpetual challenge. I think of yeah, entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, while, while we're on the topic, um, and to, and to make this, uh, not just a celebration for me and, and, uh, let, let's make this a kind of, uh, uh, launching love fest or what, what do y'all have to celebrate since, since kind of the last, um, I guess, since we spoke last. Yeah. I mean, it segues well into to kind of recap on my stuff, I suppose, is, um, you, since we last spoke, we were running the beta program of the prod MBA. So part of that was a big focus on really getting people to take an idea and get, take it through to profitability. Right, so both product people and entrepreneurs, just to really A-B test like who would get most value from it. We had like four students that made money from their idea. A couple are actually like now pursuing that full time. So went really well and then had to sort of like learn sales and then had a two month sales cycle. And then just last Friday closed the first paid like high ticket cohort for that. So that's the celebration, which is cool. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. And that was quite a long, I mean, that's been a long process, really six months. <laughs> but I think also onto that, you know, I think for me, it really just validates a couple of things. And I think the thing, I'm not so bothered about the getting it to profitability. It's more the, it's a bit of background. So like end of last year, I reviewed like all of my journal from the last two years. So like every day I'll write a couple of paragraphs like on you know, things I'm worried about, reflections, like quotes, this kind of stuff. And I think I had realized that for like five, for six years, I've been building up to starting another business. And all of the time I'd been looking for somebody else to sort of like hold me by the hand and, you know, do the business with me. You know, always trying to find co-founders, right? trying to find co-founders to do the stuff that I didn't like doing, like business and sales so that I could just do product stuff. At the end of last year, I was on a reflection, realized that ultimately no one's gonna, you know, no one's gonna come and save me and help me and and you know do this thing. So I, you know, realized, and it's quite an empowering moment, just writing down like nobody's coming for you, like you have to go and do this yourself. And then since that realization, you started looking at this product management space in January, February. COVID hit. Was a you know spent a bit of a month or two no idea what, what I'd sort of do next. And then, 
you know, took the decision to commit to this Prod MBA and saying, I think there's really something here that I can teach people about idea validation, particularly to product managers who are missing, you know, a lot of product managers are very focused on delivery and not on product strategy, not on customer development, uh, not on leadership as well. So true leadership. So just really, you know, something to really celebrate for me is having taken, you know, placed a bet on that, putting myself out there to just train, you know, 26 students with no idea whether it would work or not. And then now just having closed the, the, this first paid cohort is really the, again, not the money, but it's that sort of just confirmation that, that, that I needed to do this thing myself. I needed to start something myself. So I think that's the thing that I'm most happy with, most satisfied with at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I had kind of a similar realization last year. I tried to, I was in a really open, um, I was kind of searching for, I had a couple of options where I was searching for uh, opportunities to kind of partner with people. Um, one mm. of them was for product. Um, Kind of a SaaS product uh, that was um, not in the exact space that I'm in, but kind of in that uh, similar space. And at the end, it just didn't work out. Like the other, you know, we it was two other co-founders, and they were based somewhere else. And so I was kind of, and they decided to co-locate. And once you do that, it's like really hard to be involved. Oh yeah. And and then there was another. There's there were like three things where I tried to kind of partner with people and make it work, and it just none of the, they just kind of fell apart. And I realized that I kind of had the same realization. I was like, this isn't going to happen unless I just do it, you know? And then like, maybe once you start doing something really cool and if someone else comes to me on equal footing, like they're doing something cool too. And then maybe you decide to combine forces. But I think that exactly. just trying you know, just trying to, yeah, exactly. To, to try to hop on a running train or. Well, so I, I um, think, you know, the thing I realized, because I was running a business last year and it's it, the same thing. It's like we we're making some money from it, but it wasn't quite there and everything was a bit, you know, a bit all over the place. I think, you know, my realization was ultimately like, no one is going to be in the same position to be ready at the same time with the same vision you're going to have. I think it's actually a really key distinction with leadership because we, we talk about leadership a lot around this, you know, aggregating feedback, right? So sort of absorbing what everyone thinks and then crafting a vision out of all of that you know i think workshop design sprint is a good example of that and i think it is really important but i think actually particularly at this start you need to have somebody that really plants the flag and and you know is is the person that stands up first and sort of starts moving and then brings people behind so now for example you know we're working with i've got a community manager uh two or three product mentors and felix has been helping out as well and it's great to have people on board. I think, as you said, you know, work doing something that's beyond just you. But I think ultimately you have to have a very strong vision and get people going behind you. And then, as you say, you know, maybe at some point you bring someone on board. But I think you you should never feel the need to do so unless it yeah, seems to be the really, I've just been listening so intently with both of you because like um, this is a really like topical conversation as well. And um to kind of chime in on it you're you've both hit kind of um kind of key thoughts that i've also been having uh, for quite some time and um i'm not going to disclose the people that i've been talking to but i think that wouldn't be fair to them but um equally as well it has to be on a my kind of theory is like i i love the autonomy of actually making decisions for mm -hmm. 
like at the moment, having, you know, being able to or having the kind of responsibility to share that with someone I'm not ready for yet because I'm actually quite, I'm enjoying this kind of very selfish kind of phase that I'm going through at the moment. And, you know, equally, obviously with the world and going back to the very first question, like we're in a COVID kind of situation at the moment. And for me, kind of also having that responsibility for somebody else during these times, I think would really, you know, potentially stretch kind of like capacities and opportunities at the moment as well. But um, yeah, I like loving the autonomy, but equally, and I loved how um, I think um, Austin, you said it with about like pushing the boulder up the hill. You, it's kind of nice having that that kind of pressure to get it there as well, to get yeah. it off yeah. as well, because um, you know I think we're all we're all in very unique situations at the moment where we're at the start of something, and um, you know this is just the very beginning part of that journey as well so you know it is going to be tough but I think also Henry you just touched on the whole mentor kind of things as well like that topic and having people to just kind of like sound out stuff because we are doing this by ourselves and actually it's really good that's actually for me like how I get a a lot of um, you know kind of guidance that I might need I talk to several people and you know there's always, always kind of commonalities between those conversations and i'm thinking well if two or three of those people are saying something like that then that's obviously the right thing mm-hmm. and then obviously you have to just take what's best for you as well but yeah i, do, I mean I do, final thought on that as well is is you know i always think the question to ask is like is this a crutch that you're looking for so i think particularly you know rob in your case like you are uh, an expert in design sprints facilitation like obviously we can always be better at everything so I think ultimately it's easy, or in my case, for example, you know, it's around really uh, product validation, idea validation. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that I do well. And I think, you know, I was realizing you, at times you have these, you know, questions of self-doubt, et cetera. And I think ultimately I realized if I were to bring someone in as a co-founder, it'd be really more as an emotional, you know, someone just to give you a thumbs up rather than actually, you know, key uh, gap in the business. Yeah. And when it's that, you just need to, you know, just basically go, well, that's, you know, I don't need that right now. I need to just keep pushing the boulder up the hill. It could be though, like uh, this could be a different conversation. I think if we were in different situations, like say, for example, we were needing to scale really quickly, then maybe a co-founder in that responsibility would be because they would just take care of payroll and staffing, for example, like that could be something that would be better. Exactly. There's like a real need there. But again, it's, you know, I think the other question is what kind of business do you want to create? I think that's so important and people don't ask that early on. I think yeah. founders don't have that conversation, but it is super important because, you know, for example, I don't want to scale a business that I would like to have, yeah. probably as Austin has, you know, maybe eight to 10 people at some point, but nothing bigger than that. Um, however, most people that are going to be starting a business or jumping into a startup, you know, they're going to have, ideas of, of, you know, changing the world, et cetera, and, and making uh, millions. So, um, yeah, I think just having also understanding what you want out of it is really, really important at an early stage. Definitely. Yeah. I think the distinction that y'all are making, you know, when you bring people on, um, so, I mean, running a, launching a business, running a business can be a pretty lonely and intense uh, endeavor. And so I think to think, you know, am I bringing this person on um, as kind of for almost like emotional reasons or for functional reasons, you know, I think is exactly, interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, do I just want someone else like uh, in the Give car? While I, yeah. 
I, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, um, I'm a sensitive My dog guy. is a co-founder. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, you're going on this long road trip. You know, do you just want other people in the car or, you know, are they, or is it more like you're on a space shuttle where you need like people who are yeah, yeah, doing yeah. specific things, you know? You've got to <laughs> kick just... someone out to do the spacewalk at some point. You don't want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you need. It's a nice analogy, a... actually, the car, space car, yeah. Yeah, it's like, are you going on a road trip or uh, are you going, you know, to the moon? Like, yeah, do you just yeah, need yeah. kind of people in the seats to kind of keep you company and like talk to you? Or yeah. are, are, are is like, are you on a mission? You know, are, are you yeah, trying to, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I mean, also camaraderie is, it, the, I'm, I'm kind of setting it up as if there's only one answer, but um, I don't think there is one answer. You could decide you just really enjoy these people or they do give you the emotional energy to bring this, uh, to life and, and yeah. that's also fine so i think that you know i, I guess going being on a space shuttle sounds more appealing than going on a road trip but actually i mean i i might i might opt for the road trip um in real life so who knows <laughs> i reckon i reckon the road trip listening to our podcast at the same time would be the solution to that and someone's sleep <laughs> yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. no it's really interesting you say that because i i had you know i was thinking about that last week so in london which was a ghost town by the way uh anyway different topic but um i went to my cousin's office and he is head of he's cmo at a company called chip which is doing really well a fintech company they've doubled their their user base in the last four, are they sponsoring the podcast yet no, 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 but they did, they sponsored the Prod MBA London meetup <laughs> last week. So we used their lovely offices, but it was cool because, you know, they've got this 60, 70 person office, but there was only five of them in there because of COVID. Um, but it was cool to see, you know, the closeness of the team, particularly since two co-founders and a few of the early employees. So, you know, that made me think like, oh, you know, it is, there is something great about you know, being in a startup, fast pace, and that real, you know, you're really in a team, which, you, you know, you don't get if you're off as a solo entrepreneur so much, even if you have employees, that ultimately you're sort of, you're, you, you can never really share the same experience, I don't think. So that was something, you know, on one side, I was like, oh, that is really cool. But then on the other side, I was like, oh my God, it's so fucking stressful. If <laughs> you look at what they're doing, uh, you know, they were raising like 10 million in crowdfunding just in a couple of days. And it was that, and it was, you know, all the headaches that I was hearing about as well with, you know, ma just managing teams in a big company, like all these things pop up. So yeah. I think I was, it, it, you know, on one side, you always miss what you don't have, but on the other, I'm sort of reinforced that this is the right path for me yeah. personally, right? Uh, with my, you know, what I want to get out of life and out of a business. Uh, but yeah, it's super subjective and it really depends yeah. on the person. And maybe it's right for right now as well. Who's to say that things won't change in the future, yeah? You exactly know, exactly yeah and uh, i mean again that's linked to i talk about this a lot in the prod mba you know it's there's no rush with things we have this cult of growth where everyone you think you need to 10x the company every year and it's just not the case like, it's really not the case there's a few companies you know it's worked well for slack and uh, you know twitter you could say but you know things like facebook you start to facebook uber you, you start to see cracks and, you know, I always ask myself the question, like, would I want to be Mark Zuckerberg? And I'm always like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, not it's not actually cracks. It's just how it evolves. I mean, my hair is doing something. It's, very out, of, it's very out of control. Like, there's nobody yeah. who's directing that at the end of the day. And then ultimately, there are going to be, 
knock-on consequences of what you're trying to you know i don't believe mark zuckerberg is a bad person but there's a lot of yeah. bad things that happen as a result of yeah. what facebook does whether and he's aware yeah. of it or not is a you know another question i think he's just naive but uh yeah you start to have those kinds of consequences equally you know i think about the problem yeah like we could we just take on like 12 to 15 students in a cohort and we could scale it to 30 but then you just start losing the quality of the experience. If you start scaling the teachers, then are you going to get the same experience? Probably not. You yeah. maybe start getting things, you know, maybe you hire someone that seems nice to me, but he's super, you know, sexist, let's say. And then, you, you know, you start negatively affecting the experience of some minority students or whatever. So yeah. I think ultimately just taking it slowly gives you more time to make better more strategic and more long-term decisions. I think the undertone here is evolution, isn't it? And also tying it back into Austin's kind of strategy of brand as well. Like mm. talking about all those companies now, like they were, you know, back in the day, something way much, I mean, they're still cool companies, but you know, when they first started, they were part of a movement and like everybody, yeah, exactly. was like, oh, I want to jump on that yeah, ship. Yeah, the yeah. Go like Google, for example, like back in the days, like when they were really kind of making that momentum with like, like, you know, a dozen people, yeah. like, everybody wanted to be a part of that. Exactly. I mean, that, that's the irony, right? Is I think, I think Zuckerberg thinks that that's what it still is. Yeah, um, but it isn't. It's it has not, to yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so exactly. not. <laughs> And all of those companies have had to go through this kind of cultural shift in kind of like, obviously people that don't know them and have never worked with them, or sorry, have worked with them maybe, but don't work with them now, they will obviously also understand that that, that things have changed and that things have had to change as well. Mm. And, um, you know, like we've, I think we've all been fortunate to kind of work for, for companies in our careers and kind of also seen that happen on a much kind of smaller scale. But it's just a natural part of just, you know, this is also why I'm enjoying the movement of Leap at the moment as well, because it's still so new. And it's like, you know, I hope we're around in 10 years time. I'm pretty sure we will be. But in 10 years time, it will be a different thing than it is now. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just, but it has to kind of go on that journey. But trying to keep, kind of keep your kind of mission and values aligned to kind of your way from where you started from and where you want to be in 10 years. Like yeah. for me, like I want that kind of, I want that culture to kind of be the same. I don't want things to kind of change significantly. I don't today. want anything to change. <laughs> so yeah, like, you, you can have no, things to mean, change, yeah. but like as you scale, and obviously things will have to change, but yeah, 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 yeah. doing it in a way that is kind of sympathetic to the people that you have working there is also one of the key key components yeah. of what I would say as being a, a successful founder to a company. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's really interesting. I mean, that I think also just sort of tying everything we talked into sort of talked about into a lesson i think for anyone listening uh, if there is anyone listening then um i'm listening for, for me i think would be like you know i think if you yeah. have if you have a vision uh i think particularly again starting this year you know there are loads of people being like you know batten down the hatches it's a crisis don't don't take any risk don't do anything so i think really saying you know if you have a vision just don't listen to the naysayers I think it's a really nice quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger who talks about this. Right, don't listen to the naysayers because there's always going to be people that question what you're doing, who say it's risky, who are trying to also ultimately like drag you down to just not doing these things. Yeah. I think as Austin exemplifies really, really well, is ultimately, you know, start something and you can mitigate the risk. You know, you can be freelance, you know, carrying on your normal business and just committing a little bit every week to starting uh, something new. Um, and I think, you know, the modern world, you don't need 
a million quid to start a business, you can just put a website up for free or five dollars a month or something. Um, so I would just say, you know, have a vision and stick to it, and then crisis or not, you will start seeing results if you persist with it. Yeah, I think that's I think, good advice, Henry. I agree, and and I do think it's it it is. Yeah, I don't think that you need anything to get started, especially with um, kind of if we think about actually building things online now there's such a strong like no code or low code movement mm. where you can build a lot on your own and you can build like pretty clever systems and you know maybe you want to build a tech product um ultimately like a lot of what we're doing with the personality quiz and the build your own robot like we'd love to turn that into a product but it would take like pretty heavy lift uh, to actually mm. build uh to build that so in the meantime we're kind of building pieces of it and trying to engage people see if people like it if it's a good idea and then you know ultimately um you know once we have kind of all the assets all the content and a lot of the learnings then you can double down and invest in you know build bring that product to exactly. life in code yeah. and so that yeah I, I i do think there's if we were like well we have to either build our dream thing now or nothing then you build nothing <laughs> so uh so yeah I, but i do i will say that the you know that there is still a challenge though like how do you keep the faucet on like how do you keep enough cash going in while you go into build mode you know because mm. a lot of times that that there's not like a direct there's not an immediate payoff when you start building these things um so I think, I think that's been a balance, like how much of, how much um, do I focus on kind of getting money in the door now versus playing the long game? So that's kind of a slider that I keep having to like adjust and readjust. I mean, luckily uh, it's, it's been fairly easy to turn on like the revenue taps when needed. Um, and, you know, I hope that there's not some impending horrendous crisis where all, where all the taps run dry or I hope by that point that you know the, the some sort of product has been launched and people want it and need it uh, but but yeah there is a bit of a it's it is kind of adjusting those different levers the kind of time money you know energy effort levers uh, to, to trying to figure out like how to spend your time every day I think that's the biggest challenge is just waking up every day and being like what should I focus on it's easy when I have so next week I'm teaching all week and that's easy because I know what I'm doing that day and it gets done you know but the other days when it's like okay do I focus on sales or do I build the thing or you know it, it so that's been kind of the biggest struggle I don't know um if y'all are in similar position or if or like if it's pretty easy for you to structure your days or figure out like what to work on but I think that's been one of the biggest challenges with that but but yeah, Henry, as you mentioned, there's no obstacle. It's just, uh, it's just a, a kind of adjusting the the parameters a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just a final point on that from my side. It, I see this so much with our students because it's we bring in really smart people, right? Smart product people. The biggest obstacle is themselves. Always, it is doubts about you know I can't start talking to someone if I don't have a solution yet. And I think also by actually providing them with a very concrete path to validation. So we're using landing pages, like testing what we call a minimal viable offer, uh, no code prototypes. It actually makes it more real. 
right, this dream of starting a business rather than this distant, you know, thing. That well, it reduces the barriers to, for them doing exactly. it. Actually, exactly. the, the realism. It's scary. Then it's, 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 scary. It. Yeah. it's intimidating for people. So part yeah. of our job is, you know, trying to just hold their hand in week one and two. Yeah, happening right now in end of week one. Just to get them over that and just say, you know, it's fine. Like, just reach out to people when you have your first or second user interview. And generally, you start seeing a confidence come in as they sort of mm. see the path forward with it. But uh, yeah, it's mainly psychological. You know, all the tools are out there. As you said, no code prototypes, free landing pages. You can set up a shop on Facebook in five minutes and sell stuff. So, so um, quick, quick question, Henry. I might have missed this, but I actually, I think I've just got it. Like, are you out of all of your kind of students, how many would you say are at the time actually using the course to actually launch their own products? Would, is that all of them or maybe like a third of them or something? Much less now because with the first cohort, it was A-B testing, A-B-C testing in a way where we had, I had entrepreneurs as a group and then frustrated product managers yeah, and then sort of just like random product people. Yeah. The hypothesis was that product managers would get the most value from it, but we sort of spread it across... So it's focused much more on profitability with the first one. So really validating a business idea. Now it's much more focused on concept validation and how to start moving towards product market fit. So you can take the principles back to your role and level yourself up. So uh, either using that as a case study to get into a more senior product role or as a head of product, like having a playbook for identifying business opportunities and, and validating them quickly and effectively. Yeah. So there will be a few because obviously, you know, if you take an idea to validation, you see where it can go afterwards. So I'm quite interested to see with this cohort. Um, but yeah, I'd expect it to be, you know, we've got 13 students, so two, maybe two or three. Cool. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah so it's changed. The emphasis has changed. I could see us doing a pre-accelerator as a separate business in 2022. The concept is pretty much the same. It's really just the positioning and packaging of it all. And yeah. the mentors as well that you would have around it. Yeah. But again, I mean, both groups, it's, psych it's all psych it's just psychological. And it's also self-sabotage. You know, people start finding an opportunity, question themselves too much, and then just scrap it and try something else. Yeah. That's also a good thing because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's why we're there. I mean, again, the key lesson I say from day one is like resilience is the most important thing we look for. And that's the most important thing for you as a product leader yeah. is just sticking with something and learning what it's like to like work in this place of uncertainty if you're running your own business. This is what that's I've been learning. Yeah. This is what I've also been saying this week as well to, uh, to be emotionally detached from the products that you are wanting to launch because yeah. so many times, like even in sprints and so many of the sprints that I've run in the past, like you'll have like senior product teams and they're like, this is our life. Like, and it's like, actually, no, prove that it's going to not work. Yeah. And that way you'll make a better product. Um, but yeah, this is something that I've been stressing this week as well. So super interesting. Sorry, there's an ambulance coming past, a little bit noisy. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. That I mean, that's a great conversation to have another time, I think, about ego and, and how do you, what are tactics for staying emotionally detached? It's something we yeah. really focus on. You know, we don't even let you talk about a solution until the end of week three. Yeah, I'd say that's too yeah. early. <laughs> you no, know, no, I mean, it is, yeah, it is, it is. But it's so funny, every conversation is like, 
how are we going to, you know, but I don't know how we're going to differentiate ourselves. Like, you know, what do we, how do we map out the solutions? Like, don't worry about it for two weeks. Yeah. Deliberately yeah. ignore it because you're going to start creating these yeah. uh, psychological hooks into whatever idea you have initially because you'll get excited about it. You'll tell people about it. Then it makes yeah. it much harder to decommit and try something else. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that is a great place to wrap up. And I think actually that can be a topic we talk about next time. Yeah. Any other thought? I suppose, you know, what are, what are the next steps for the next couple of months from you guys with the business? Let's see. So I, so I think another thing about kind of product validation um, and it, it has to do with kind of the next steps for the next months. One thing that I found so satisfying and so motivating is, you know, I teach design a lot. Um, oftentimes do design sprints is, you know, style training. It's more focused on education than what Rob's doing, which is more, uh, product validation at companies, I guess. Um, but, you know, a lot of times we design a prototype, we run usability tests, and that's fantastic. Like, I still think that's an incredible thing to do. But one thing that I've really loved doing recently with kind of our micro launches for, you know, weekly products is we've started, you know, having signups for email lists. We've started having, you know, payment portals uh, where people can either like pay for the products for some of them or they can donate. And it's been so satisfying to see like starting to build up an email list, you know, just to get notifications at the end of the day, like, oh, like 50 people signed up for our book club today. And you're like, yeah. oh, wow, like that's, I had no idea. Or, you know, all of a sudden you get an email that's like, oh, you got to purchase, you know, you got to purchase. Because previously I'd done a lot more teaching training where you send invoices, you know, afterwards. Um, but it's really nice to kind of get these notifications. And, um, and it's not just about the money. It's like, oh, wow, someone's responding to something that we're putting out mm -hmm. there. Um, that's super cool. And so for me, that's been the biggest shift. And I think for anyone who's, you know, taking one of your courses, Henry, as well, like the more that they can have those, those moments, I yeah, think that they're, yeah, yeah. they're just so cool. Uh, so I think for the next couple months, I'm really just going to try to have more moments like that, like shift from the kind of, um, like invoice style to more product style um, where we're, you know, trying to find our thousand, you know, I think it's thousand true fans or whatever the article says, um, try to reach out to those people, talk to them, um, build a list, but not just like numbers, like really try to find the people that we think we can help. Um, and, uh, and I, and I think that we're, you know, we're going to try to do these through these small, small projects and then see if any of the projects stick and you know run with that in the new year so mm -hmm. i think that that's kind of our high level look at our plan for the next couple of months but uh what about you guys yeah um i i was just jotting down some key words that you were saying then because your notifications i can really um like that really resonates with leap at the moment and um because we're also creating some some really cool kind of goodies actually just to give away because this is part of like leaps mantras that we we just want to help and enable people and so we're about to launch a um, like a figma toolkit basically and that helps uh, essentially prototypers on a sprint really get started like really fast um, but also as well if you're just a designer or a ux designer these kits will also really help you um, and also like that, the thousand true followers, we are currently at 997. So we're mm. literally about to get our first 1000 followers uh, from, I mean, from this year. And um, so super happy about that. And, you know, we just have a strategy in place just to kind of keep providing value for, for people and also for free as well. 
Um, and then, um, yeah, I, actually for me, like for the next few months, like I don't really know, I'll be honest, because, um, you know, we're going to be hiring, you know, essentially our third person. This is like untrodden territory. I know Austin, you're already, you know, at the three, including yourselves anyway, but um, we're heading to the three. And so this is going to be quite a new dynamic for, for Leap. And basically just, um, again, just, I think just global dominations just around the corner. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but joking aside, yeah, like, I think we're just gonna just see, see what happens. We have some super like interesting, like client work going on at the moment. And that's gonna, um, you know, I'm, so I'm told is going to take us into, um, into next year. Uh, and, you know, as a result of that, you know, we are, creating new products uh, for for those engagements so um we don't really have any limitations at the moment let's just say and that's actually for us a really nice you know kind of vision or perspective to have is that we have no limits and it's basically just whatever we can do so yeah kind of super interested to myself to kind of see where we are in a, like another six months time that's awesome, Rob. Yeah, I won't. Um, I have like a very specific question about distribution of Figma files that I will ask you offline because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to like bring us back down to earth after kind of our our our, our lofty summaries. But uh, but yeah, what what about you, Henry? Yeah, you go for it. Uh, I think two things. I think one is just doing a very good job with the second cohort because the you know the content's there, but obviously the support, mentorship, running engaging workshops, so nailing it with them just so that obviously the, if the core product's good, we're going to get some natural virality from that recommendation. And then the second thing I think is cementing the sales process. So what does the sales pro like cycle look like every time we we're launching a new cohort? I think that will be the big theme building up to January where we do our third cohort. Yeah. I'm yeah, super interested here, like how that uh, progresses for you as well, Henry, and like whether um, you find it becomes easier or whether you just find you get little hacks that enable you to you know i think I, it's just about essentially i, I think to be honest, <laughs> it just comes down to building trust so it's like the more that we are visible providing free value with like webinars with linkedin yeah the easier it seems to be to have a conversation and convert to a call yeah um, yeah. yeah we'll see i think the thing for myself is having a bit of a playbook so it's we you know like every when we're launching it's like we do these things just bang 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 yeah nice list of that yeah yeah, cool. but we'll see. Yeah, again. Super excited. Yeah, yeah. So exciting, but yeah, we'll see where we go with it in the next few months. Awesome. That was a lovely chat, and I think really, really valuable for people um, listening in. I hope. Yeah, we hope. So, especially the part, especially the sports section. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the, sports. the sports. Yeah, the American um, football. Yeah. And that was yeah, a pleasure as well. It's back on. Yeah, that was a pleasure as well, Austin, having you on again. Really, really interesting conversation as as last time as well. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Give us four or five stars if you're listening in. Again, don't be too generous. Um, and well, we generous will... if you feel you yeah, it's valid. I'm always undermining it. No, give us five stars. Uh, and then we will see you in another two weeks with the next episode. Cool. Thanks, Austin. Cheers, Henry. Bye. Goodbye.